0: Hi everybody. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Talking About the Big Stuff podcast with Michael Cole and Matthew Cravat.
1: I am Michael Cole. And I am Matthew Cravat.
0: By the way, um, one of our our long the, our one longest listener, Josh, who listens to every single episode. Um, he, Hi, was, he was in the office last week and he mentioned to me that. Um, we should change the intro from us, from me going, "Hi everybody, hi everybody, hi everybody," to that. With and finally the last one should be just "Hi Josh." And so, I did. I did think like I need to throw that in at least once. I uh, mentioned that shout out to Josh, who's been listening since uh, the beginning. Um, and Is he I, a ten dollar patron. He's not. Fuck him. <laughs> he's. <laughs> it's funny too, because he said something about uh want being a guest and then he said something about how you'd probably hate him or he'd hate you or something. So just like your father. Uh, it's been a while. <laughs> All right. Uh so tonight tonight's episode is brought to you by the letter No. Uh Sigma. Absolutely. Oh um so no tonight's episode uh I want to talk about consistency um even though this is coming out in the second week of December uh we're recording in November this is a couple of days before Thanksgiving and as i had mentioned a couple of times in the last uh last few episodes i am participating in National Novel Writing Month which means that every day for for all of November i have written at least 1667 words which is roughly 7 pages every single day And I thought, oh, consistency would be a good topic. Sarah always says that I'm good with consistency. I've been going to the gym three days a week as best as possible for the last year and a half. Um, And, you know, I've had back pain and sickness. And so it can't be completely consistent, but I've done my best. And I'm, you know,
1: I can beat that. I have consistently not gone to the gym for 56 years. consistently didn't not miss a day
0: yeah anyway so that there was those things and then i was thinking oh you know one of the consistency things was that like before you came on as a co-host i was not consistent about recording because if i didn't have a guest i just i wasn't going to just sit here and talk into the void by myself um and so you know we I listened to an episode of Scathing, I'm pretty sure it was. I think it was their one of their anniversary episodes or whatever and and uh Noah on that show mentioned that it it was uh they had never missed an episode, but also that it was because it was a time to get to hang out with his friends, um, that they allotted, you know, every week. And so I that became I, I thought, Oh, if I have Matthew on as my guest as my co host, um I can just hang out with Matthew for an hour every week. Uh, you know, we've we've done a couple where it's we do you know two hours and then we skip a week. But we've I been can't consistent. imagine
1: doing two episodes in one day.
0: No, or wear and wearing the exact uh, same. Oh, did shirts. we
1: both wear the same shirts two weeks in a row? Weird. <laughs> what happened.
0: Here? Yeah, has my facial hair not changed at all? <laughs> That's a good. I, there's been a couple times where I'm editing the part or I'm uploading and I'm seeing the the different like video. The thumbnails, and I'm like, did I did we record those two the same night? I'm wearing the same shirt, and I'm like, oh no, we didn't because I shaved, <laughs> or I grew a goatee, and to like
1: shave in between episodes, like you know, on the same night. Yeah, I had a fraternity brother who they were taking We used to have what called the composites, you know, so it had the fraternity logo and then like headshots, like like in a yearbook for everyone in the fraternity, and it would be, you know, have it printed out huge and framed, and we like we went down the hallway, you saw like going back ten years, all the different. Attorney, um, and this one time uh, Graham took his picture and he had a beard and he ran upstairs and shaved and came down and signed it filled out another card with his middle name Paul and so he's there mm-hmm. with or without a beard as Graham and Paul.
0: Nice. He's he was Bugs Bunnying them.
1: Yep. Right here, boss. And me, boss. What yeah. oh, me, boss?
0: So consistency. What do you, do you? You know, like I don't know what in your I... life. You you have that you
1: need to be consistent about I'm the opposite of consistency so there's a thing so there's a thing there's a book on the gallup organization put out that's called um uh strengths finder yeah was, now discover your strengths was the book and the strength finder yeah. is the program that goes with we had to
0: it take that at my my job right now
1: yeah so what are your top five
0: it was two years ago almost when three was years 10. ago I, want, so, I, I I could find them if I pulled up. So my own. So I can tell you, here. my
1: number one was individualization. And so there's 34 different themes, right? And they're the themes about how you behave and how you treat situations. Yeah. And we all have all of them, but some are more natural and some are your go-to and some are a little outside of your comfort zone. Um, so they basically rank them. And the rankings can shift if you redo it you know, by a, one or two points. But basically, your top things are going to be your top things. The orders may switch a little bit up, but but it's consistent yeah. if you take it more than once. Um, and my number one was individualization, which means treating each person and each situation uniquely and differently based on the situation. The, yeah. op- the polar opposite of that, my number 34, was called fairness slash consistency. They were in the midst of changing the name. I don't remember which was the original, but, but it is treating every person the same in every situation the same no matter what. Yeah. My boss has that as her number one. And it would frustrate both of us to no end because we'd clash on things, things like where she'd say, oh, everyone should take this class to better themselves. Yeah. And I'd be like, but I'm already good at that. Like, I don't need that class. Yeah. Like, like her to her, it's fair to say, everybody take this basic English class so we don't get better at basic English. And I'd be like, I have a degree in English, don't need a basic English class. And but so I'm like individualize. How about everyone take a class that they want to take? That, so that was always a conflict. I'm I'm the opposite of consistent. I am in the moment. I'm an improviser. I am a born and bred improviser who is reacting to each situation at as a situation um demands.
0: I that was one of my top five. Um but I, I wonder if if that that one specifically would follow on political party or ideology lines, because what you just described, and, and I know your boss, and she's a nice person, so I'm not, a, I'm not throwing this at her. I'm just saying that difference is is very similar to when you hear certain conservatives say, "Her husband, no one should to get him. to say the N word." Like if yeah. I don't get to say it, no one should get to say it, which isn't what they actually say anymore. And if but one person like, says
1: it, I can say it,
0: right? But they're like, "No, I think that no," and i and I've and I've had this conversation with lots of people, and they're always conservative, and it's the N word is the big thing. But it's like, um, they'll be like, well, no, no one should say that word. And I'm like, hey, uh, you know, you and I, Matthew, you and I are good friends. If I I, I said something a little mean to you, or something that, eh, if I said you you big dumb Jew or something to you, and that was my nickname for you, you'd be like, eh, Michael and I are friends. Like, not a big deal, right? But if some random person came up to you on the street and was like, listen, you fucking big, dumb Jew, it's it would be different. And so
1: yeah, I, I would even go further. Just just you don't even need the big, dumb part. There's a difference in saying, oh, you're a yeah, Jew yeah. and you're a Jew. I mean, just yeah. the way you say the word makes a difference.
0: Yep. And so I've started I, I, I used to explain it like that, like the way we communicate with people is familiar and or it's contextual. And 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 then ultimately, um, everyone argues and goes, "Well, I don't know." And then I came up with a good one. I haven't had the argument since I came up with it, but I've, I've explained it to Logan. When I'm explaining to Logan is context, and because context is, is so important, and yet people don't, people want to think that there's some kind of universal thing like
1: context and nuance are hard for some people.
0: Right, and so I came up with what I think is the best example of context uh it, it get it, you can explain it to a small child you can change your wording very little bit and it, it, depending on your kid i swear in front of my kids so it's not a big deal but my context example to explain I context swear in front
1: of my, my sweet young children
0: yeah my my context explanation to logan is hey it's not bad if you take a shit right but it is bad it's not bad if you take a shit in a bathroom in a toilet but it is bad if you went into somebody's living room and while they're watching you, you took a shit on their floor. The shit isn't the problem, it's the context. And okay, Logan, I would say the watching
1: interested. you isn't the problem either.
0: Never no, the watching you. I don't know. I just add that in there to make it funnier for him.
1: I thought to make it kinkier. Okay. <laughs>
0: not, not for Logan, no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's like it's okay to sneak into the living room and take a shit, but don't do it when they're watching you.
0: <laughs> the point, yeah, the point is the context. So the you know, privacy, the appropriate spot. Not that there's you know, and and but and so people don't understand context, and I think that you know when you talk about consistency versus in individualization,
1: individualization, indiv- yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, a lot of syllables.
0: Yep. I I feel like it was. I feel like I remember seeing it on the list and being like, "That's not how you spell that word," and
1: and <laughs> that's thinking, not like, a real they, word. You Is know, there they a picture do, of it in the cookbook. I bet they it don't do, look like that.
0: Yeah, they do that sometimes with this like, self help shit. Like they're like, yeah, no, they make, we're gonna they, they
1: coin a term." Yeah,
0: yeah. So I thought it was one of those, but
1: it might be. But it's individualization, you know, to take. Yeah, yeah. To treat something with individual. Yeah. So,
0: so anyway. The, I agree with you that that is an important strength to have, but I think that consistency in certain ways is important as well. And that doesn't well,
1: mean. And it's funny, as she came out of um, an artist's background, and she her particular role before she went to management was making corrections in the artwork for the what the agency did. Like when you know, the agency did a brochure and legal and regulatory said change it, she would make the changes. So being consistent and changing everything the same way every time, making sure she used the same exact fonts and the same size thing, like that was a huge strength in her role, her previous role. Yeah. I would say all the things in my top five were strengths for someone who performed and taught and directed improv. Like it was perfect for an improviser. I like individualization, so I treated each student differently the way they needed to be treated. I had futuristic, which meant I saw all the different options and went down them, which was basically improv. I had maximize, where I took things that were good and made them better, so I was a great good director and teacher for that. I had... Um, uh, adaptability, you know, so know, will be able to fit myself into any situation and, and anything. And then relator, which was having relationships that were deep and built on trust. I mean, like everything, like I was born to be improv, why am I here in the corporate world? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, money, money, that's the other one. Though. Yeah,
0: and that's where you get into consistency is is when you want to see results in life, whether it's in your wallet or hopefully in I building. I deal with that Building impressive muscles. That was completely unimpressive, but with really a gun show. Hello
1: Cap. Bell decided to come visit.
0: Yeah. So um I think that while I think that obviously adapting is important and, and adjusting and being contextual is, is important. There are certain areas of life that I think it's really important to have consistency. Um, As a parent, I think consistency can be a really important thing. Um, It's every single fucking episode, your cat's butthole has to be in the episode, so that's (laughs) consistency.
1: Got three cats. Got a lot of buttholes floating around here.
0: Three cat buttholes and four human buttholes. I'm glad we haven't seen yours yet. Oh.
1: That's a twenty dollar <laughs> patron.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gonna be. That's the OnlyFans. That's that and the foot stuff. Consistency is also important when you show about algorithms, unfortunately, which I kind of hate uh, that part of consistency. But like, in order for us to grow this podcast, and especially on YouTube, I don't know about other podcasts we have to be consistent and that's kind of consistency and redundancy or consistency and monotony can really feel like uh, the same thing and and I try to think about consistency more along the lines of um, things that will improve improve my life the more consistently I do it so exercising and uh, right now for this month being consistent with the writing and um, so I really, both topics I picked for tonight, you, I, I picked stuff that you don't have a whole lot. Of, <laughs> you don't know. I'm yeah, just I mean, sol- it's funny. soliloquizing. We,
1: when we were, um, when I was a young warthog, when my mother and I first like were becoming parents and you know, we, we took some parenting classes that Glaxo offered, Glaxo had lots of perks back in the day. And one of them were about how important consistency is for kids. And I was like, what if you're just consistently not consistent? Like you're talking about how important it is to do the same thing every day because the kids get into a routine and they're used to it. If you break the routine, it breaks them. What if you just never set that routine and then they're not affected? They're they're used to to not having a routine. And the person was like, I don't don't know. They don't do studies on that. Everyone has routines. I'm like, not everyone. Some of us are born improvisers. So I never really had consistent routines with the kids other than the things they had to have because they were in school. So we go to school, take them up from school, whatever. Yeah, um, that's the
0: thing that, and and that's probably the thing we struggle with in in our family the most, is, like, I, I, is consistency, like, I, I agree with you on that, as far as, like, we had two sets of parents to kind of model off of, not our parents, obviously, but Sarah's sister and Sarah's best friend both had sons within a month of each other, and this was when Sarah and I were about to get engaged. And so we had um we had and they went very opposite directions, parenting style, her sister and her best friend, and so we had these like two a b tests basically for how to parent and sarah's Sarah's sister would go do whatever she wanted, they'd go to dinner with the kids, they would go. Take the kid on a five-hour road trip up to Vermont because they wanted to go, you know, see her grandmother, or go skiing, or do whatever. And the other Sarah's best friend, they wanted to do that. Like, nope, we're going to keep a routine. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And quickly, I saw like, oh, my nephews are what much more capable of adjusting and adapting to, like, oh, if we want to go on a ride with them, yeah, eventually everybody's got their limit. But, like, you want to go on a road trip with the kids, they're fine. You want to go do something, they're fine. You can, as far as eating out at restaurants, eventually, whether the kid is six months old or ten years old, they're going to have, they're going to go through that phase of you have to teach them how to behave. And it's just a matter of are you doing it earlier or are you doing it later? And where do you have the patience? And so Sarah and I, I mean, you know, you pick and choose different aspects of parenthood from different people. And so we did, but like a lot of what we did was we've said, we're not going to just sit at home because the baby, you know, doesn't want to go to drive down to the beach, which is a two hour drive. So Logan was in the car and he was going to restaurants very early on. We adjusted, you know, in ways to help ease that but we, we wouldn't stop we, living our lives the way we lived. There's our never
1: lives. a time we didn't take the kids to restaurants. Well okay during, yeah. COVID, during the beginning of COVID I guess. But I mean like like you know, they were you know Mother throw and a blanket over herself
0: too.
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> but like it was that. I want to be I want to be accurate. There was a time we stopped going. But when they were infants, your mother yeah. would throw a blanket over yeah. her to breastfeed you know, children when, when they were oh, little yeah. older we would ask for a cup of hot water so we can warm up their bottle. The key for us yeah. was we did not want to have children who misbehaved in public, mm-hmm. so we beat them. No, that's not We We, meant. Uh, what we would do is, A, we wouldn't take them out to eat too late because then you're just asking for trouble. If they're overtired, there's just no way to behave. So yeah. you know, we would just avoid that. But then our thing was, if they were antsy, I generally, um, occasionally, usually me, pick them up, take them outside, you know yeah. if it was warm or take them to the lobby area the front if it was cold outside and just yeah. like you don't misbehave at the table like i get you need you have to burn off some energy so i'll take over of where you can run around you just and then as they got older they would ask you go outside I'm like yep we're gonna go outside yeah. you know and and um and then my kids never misbehaved. and you know, then we'd go out with like their cousins and they'd be running around crazy and we're just like and they were older than my kids and we just like they don't it's not the kids' fault. Like yeah. They they don't, they they weren't taught how to be If they weren't given the the option.
0: Yeah, that's how Sarah and I would handle when Logan was little. Was one of us if he was upset or whatever. We would take him out. Um,
1: yeah, just and... like it's just not something you do in a restaurant. You do that outside yeah. the parking lot. And it's fine. Just yeah. little behavioral we, science. The right we you know, would right place.
0: So Sarah doesn't love to eat food when it's really like hot, like and like real hot. So I would eat very fast and then when i was done she would eat right. and then we always had a parent available basically and so people always say to me stuff like like oh you eat really fast i'm like yeah i kind of got trained that way by by doing it right re- you know being done i also okay here's the thing and and several people have said this to me when they're watching me eat like a a burger or a juicy sandwich I like you know like when you go to a restaurant not like a mcdonald's burger that's wrapped but like you go to Burger Bach or yeah, whatever. You can unwrap those. Yeah, it's still. But the point being that the wrapping keeps it clean. So a lot of times, when you're eating a burger at a place that's it's juicy or a sandwich is juicy, I will eat the entire thing before I touch my fries or anything else, and I'll eat it relatively quick. And people are like, "Wow, you really scarf that down." I'm like, "Yeah, 'cause I, am like yeahbecause Because it's messy, and if I put it down, it's gonna fall the fuck apart, like." People mm-hmm. do not understand that I'm like just, just eat the fucking thing first and then pick at your fries later. Like I don't understand, but it's a it's a pet peeve of mine uh, that people call
1: me out so, on that. So you don't like those roast beef sandwiches that are dipped in broth, like just covered dripping with, with. Oh food. no, I'm
0: not saying that the sandwiches are. I love sloppy sandwiches. I just don't like when people call me out on my eating habit when I'm the one that's doing the right thing.
1: Um, it's the right thing. It's the right thing. It's a thing. Like, if you don't mind it being messy and falling apart, then who cares if you let it get messy and fall apart?
0: You probably we'll break your spaghetti it. in half, too. I thought I knew you.
1: I don't eat a lot of spaghetti. I prefer other pastas.
0: I do, too. I like things when, that
1: can catch onto the sauce and hold it.
0: Yes, I, I agree. I like a ziti. I like a good ziti.
1: Ziti and panachea. Yeah, yeah.
0: Or Pete, Logan, Logan was uh, on the phone with his with my grand, with my father-in-law, his grandfather, Um I like switched thoughts like three times there. Uh he he was on the phone with him before we started recording the first episode tonight, and he said and he said, I'm excited to eat the, the penis ravioli. And 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 my father in law did not catch it. He just heard ravioli.
1: <laughs> when Joseph was about Logan's age, he'd refer to Ziti as pasta straws. Because you can nice. slip up the sauce with the Ziti.
0: Nice. That's cute. I want. I can't wait till we're having we're doing for Thanksgiving uh, being inconsistent and we're not doing the turkey. We went Sunday to Sarah's dad's and we made homemade raviolis which we will make uh, some sauce my aunt's uh, sauce recipe and we will and some meatballs and probably garlic bread and maybe uh, apparently last year we did all that and a lasagna which I think might be too much but
1: it's cool. My my um, we generally do turkey, but um, I almost very consistently almost always have it, make a big ziti as part of our Thanksgiving. Because it goes back to when I was my mother makes a great big ziti, and when I was in college, when I was coming home, she would make big ziti because I was home visiting, and she makes what I like. So for Thanksgiving, she just made it part of Thanksgiving. So it became part of our Thanksgiving meal because I happened to be home, and that's where we did it. So it's nice. become like a trend, transition uh, tradition. Which we're not doing it this year because I am going to Texas tomorrow to um, do Thanksgiving with my mother-in-law, my sister-in-law, and my niece, and um, and then it's also my sister-in-law's 60th birthday cool. on Friday. So um, yeah, so I'm part of but, Texas, uh, Dallas actually in Dallas. Nice. Yeah, and we're and my sister-in-law doesn't know how to make a turkey because she's Indian and she's basically mostly a pescatarian and you know, she does seafood and and, and veggies. But she's willing. That's going to get eat. really I mean, problematic for a second. I mean, she'll, she'll eat chicken and and you know and, and like turkey. Like theoretically, she just doesn't. Like she's not yeah. adverse to it. It's just not part of her regular diet. So she says she wants to do a, a turkey, but she doesn't know how to cook a turkey. So she's ordering one. She's I'm going to order a smoked turkey, and we said that will be delightful. There's no reason to knock yourself out. Like, go ahead and do that. And then she called back and she goes, "Is hickory smoked and the Chardonnay smoked?" We were like, I feel like, What? And we Googled it and I found all these like five star reviews for Chardonnay smoked turkey from places. And I'm like, you know what? Let's do a Chardonnay smoked turkey. Why the heck not? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yes. Yeah, so, and then That's I was like, That's good. You need to let me know
0: because I like smoked turkey, but it's a pain in the ass to make. But
1: yeah. Like I said, I went, I, so my usual turkey approach is um, the last couple of years at least has been to buy thighs, wings, and drumsticks enough that everyone who wants dark meat can have them and then buy a bone-in um breast and madhavi's made the bone in breast in a wine sauce with all kinds of herbs and stuff in the slow cooker and i um brine and then do a half boil of the dark meat and then move it to the grill and finish it in the grill and so so i grill with nice grilled skin and stuff but it cooks nice and evenly and so it's kind of similar to sous vide i don't over boil it i just bring it up to temperature a little bit so it's kind of like sous vide it and then cook it on the grill with a browning agent on the skin so it's nice and brown so we have nice and easy perfectly cooked dark meat perfectly cooked white meat you don't have to try to deal with roasting the whole turkey the same and uh, and different styles you know it's two different yeah. kinds of turkey with different flavor profiles and like i say with a with two sons and my dad and me you know we All get as much dark meat as we want, it's not like two people fighting over the leg and the thigh, you know, kind of thing.
0: yeah, or the bone in breast.
1: One of my favorite things there was a donut place that my dad used to send me to to get him, um, for like 11 o'clock lunch, usually at work at his office, uh, his office, his store. And it was, um, he'd want grilled cheese on rye with crispy bacon. And so I would go and I'd order, you know, I'd order for him. I'd go to this little donut shop in this little Greek-owned place. And I'd say, let me get a grilled cheese on rye with bacon and please make the bacon very well done. And he would, to your point, yell to the guy at the grill, uh, grilled cheese with bacon on whiskey and make that bacon crispy. Because toasted rye is whiskey. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, grilled cheese with bacon on whiskey, make that bacon crispy. Delightful, by the way. It's a good snack. You should try it. Yeah, Rye bread I adds a lot of depth and flavor. It's much better than weak little white or wheat.
0: Yeah, we need to stop talking about food right now because I ate already. I'm
1: did good. you? That's good yeah, for you. Yeah, we had Chinese food. with uh, <sighs> really, so. Stop! It's, it's delicious. We so we're only to, at twenty
0: seven minutes on this I had a sh- episode. A shrimp
1: I roll, to... and then I had a, that, a, was a a Szechuan beef or something. It was really, it was, it was nice. It was really good. Nice. I just did you see the picture I sent you of the chicken I made? Just yes, made I did. To my dad. Nice, it's an apricot glaze, it's delicious. Good. I just need to, after we get off the call, put it in a food processor and turn it to uh, something my father can eat.
0: Yeah, how's he doing?
1: Doing okay, it's getting better. It's good, it's consistent. Yeah,
0: I feel like this podcast has a lot of consistency. Uh, we record typically every week. You uh, make um, certain jokes consistently, um, and the and I cut out certain things consistently, um, and then I start editing and uh, getting a version that will have uh, uh, closed captions because I added for listeners or viewers viewers on YouTube. We have now have closed captions if you wanted to listen. This will be our third episode with closed captions, um, so but. That- one of the ones I, I I'm not going to tell what the word was, but I was editing the this podcast the uh, two episodes ago, and Matthew gets into one of his jokes that he tells that I cut out of every version of the feed, but I have the co- closed captions going as I'm editing, because um, it's like a it it autofills them or whatever, and uh, he said a very filthy word, uh, followed by a name and. The AI or whatever it does, the auto-filling of the closed captions, did not know what that word was, and so that was very amusing for me to send over to him. Guess what this word is, and he knew what it was.
1: What's funny is it usually gets my name as a very expensive car, or as your car. Ooh, is your car. I say, uh, No, say uh, if you want to go for Corvette. a drive, hop into my Cravat, and it will, oh, yeah. it'll usually subtitle Cravat as Corvette.
0: Yeah, and we talked about Christopher Walken a bunch and anytime we said Christopher Walken, it spelled his last name, right? But anytime we just said like he does a good walkin' impression, it just said walk-in, like i n apostrophe. It's and, funny
1: how sometimes the uh the the a talk to text will get the context. Like yeah. I was once texting that a friend of mine got cast in Two Gentlemen from Verona. And I watched as it was typing it lowercase, and then when I got to Verona, it realized, "Oh wait, that's a Shakespeare title," and it went back and capitalized the whole thing. I was yep. like, "That was cool." Yeah. So, but it doesn't do it consistently. It doesn't always capitalize things the right way.
0: No. Oh my god. So on my Apple Watch, I this was the, at the gym this morning. I'm mess. I'm in the sauna, and I don't bring my phone in, but I'm texting Sarah, and. These things are in the ass to text on. I like that you're I'm not freezing. I'm just I just, I knew yeah, that. Um, I could tell because you weren't like sitting perfect. You're like, <laughs> um. So I'm going to text Sarah the words "I love you" and I get to L O and it's real difficult because I got big sweaty fat fingers because I'm in the sauna, I'm like, you know, and uh, a steam room. And I hit hitting the buttons and I do L O, and you know it starts to try to auto populate and. It says, Hello, Gina no, plop. And I'm like, I have never used the word plop, you know, Apple. Like, where where are you getting plop from? And then I just wrote to Sarah, like, it thinks I want to say I plop you, but I love you.
1: <laughs> so Maybe it was trained on the DC comic from the 70s called Plop. That's what I say when I shit.
0: That's another consistent thing is like me, me saying something and you having a great punchline. Before I'm finished.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there was one time in high school. Our, uh, my physics teacher was out sick. So we had a sub, and he was like, just, you know, amuse yourselves. Oh, just don't go crazy.
0: Stop talking about food.
1: <laughs> and so so me and this kid, um, Andrew, are sitting together, and we're talking. And he starts telling me a joke, and he just stretches it out and stretches it out and, stretch, and just stretching it and stretching it. And the class period ends, and we're walking together towards the stairway, stretching it, and he knows that the stairway, I go down, and he goes up. And he gets get there and he does the the setup to the punchline. And I just jokingly cut in with a joke. And my joke was the punchline. And I had no idea that it was. I was just improvising a joke. And he got so pissed at me. He didn't talk to me for three days because he thought that I let him go on for that long when I knew the punchline. Nice. (laughs) Which I would have. I 100% would have let him go on because um, to me, to me. Listening to a joke you already heard is like listening to a song you already heard. It doesn't matter that you've already heard it. You're listening to it for the new telling, for the new yeah. twists on it, the way that you can do it differently next time and just enjoying it. Enjoy the telling for the telling. It's not about whether or not you know the punchline or not. It's about the journey.
0: I will agree on some occasions. And, you you know, like Sarah hates that I like, she's like, you you plan your jokes and you retell your jokes. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's what people do. Like,
1: That's why know, I don't do stand-up. You... I did stand-up for a little while and I did not like doing the same jokes every night. Like, get me my improv. Let me make shit up. Even if I go back to an old joke, yeah. it's at least in the moment saying, oh, I'm going to pull this out of my ass and use it again.
0: Yeah, yeah. But like, I'm not like, I don't always plan Like, I just have, you know, quick punch lines and quick, you know, and, and she'll be like, I've heard this one. And I'm like, yeah, well. It's still funny. They have they haven't, and maybe the next version will be a better telling of it. And
1: so. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like, I don't yell at my daughter for singing the same two hundred year old folk song over again. It's 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 okay. Art can be revisited. Yeah, it's Especially consistency. Reusing the when... same joke a hundred times is consistency.
0: So, one of the consistent jokes that I make on this podcast, and even though it's consistently unfunny, is that I think we've run out of stuff to talk about on the topic and tonight i think that we have i'm getting hungry i still have to write 700 words today yeah Yeah.
1: so i sent you a link to the last um couple of minutes of the andrew dice clay special yeah if nothing else just watch that part of the special because it's where he shines because it's stuff that predates
0: Can't i see but i'm You've been sending me... There we go. That's You've been sending chicken. me so much. I know. I got lots of stuff. I got all these show note things for, to so
1: include. The Clay, the, the, the you know, because the character of Dice was just one character he used to do in his stand-up, and it went over the most, so eventually he just switched to being the entire show being that. Yeah. But, that last five minutes that I just sent you is him doing character voices, and it's Eric Roberts, John Travolta, Al Pacino, Dustin Hoffman, and Sylvester Stallone, if they were all Boy Scouts camping together, and it's nice. so funny because they are almost the same voice, but they're distinctly different, and he does each one perfectly, uniquely different. Where yes. the, the average person would just do like a Italian accent for any of them and, and think it was done, it's perfect. It's it's really it's brilliant. It, watch that as you're making dinner, and yeah. uh, Logan will love it and repeat it forever.
0: Yeah, I've liked him in stuff. Very I like profane. it. I don't mind the swearing as long as it's the dirty shit that he can't hear. Yeah, this
1: one's not about sex. He like said they're camping. You know, he just uses yeah. profanity because those people... I mean, Eric Roberts, every other word is fuck, it's Eric Roberts. Yeah, He's the master. Sure enough. Right. No, wait. Wrong master. He was the master in the 1994 Doctor Who special.
0: Yeah. I've okay. seen that. Yep. He's the... He's the earliest Doctor that I've seen their whole run. I've seen clips of... The whole of, run. It was
1: one episode. Yeah, and then he was on the... De- the, the,
0: Night the Night of the Doctor. Night of the Doctor, whatever it was. Five-minute
1: special. Yeah. Though, actually, he was the Doctor more than anyone else because no of radio days. plays. He did okay. all the... Ra- he, the whole time that it wasn't on the air, he was doing radio plays the Doctor. That's why in that special, when he's about to change into John Hurt, he says goodbye to all the different companions. And the first one is Grace from the TV special... But all the other ones are from the audio plays. It's all the different companions he had in the audience. So like, nice. it puts them into continuity officially because he mentioned them all in that, which was in continuity.
0: I want to get Logan through the last. We, we're on Matt Smith on like, see, this first season of Matt Smith, and I really want to get him caught up, but I don't think we can get him caught up by Saturday.
1: Yeah. But it's funny, though. It was, but Saturday, like it's fine because it's not going to reference anything that happened, it's going to go back sure. to the, the 10th Doctor. As the fourteenth and then it's not gonna you're not gonna need any references.
0: True. Because
1: he's that's already knows Donna, so he's good.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we are the next episode's the Van Gogh episode, and I'm like, I am like like I I kinda hate the monster in that one. Yeah. There's a lot of that where I'm like, I don't like the gimmick, but I like the character work. Yeah. And that was that that one's like I love the character. That's work.
1: the entire Peter Capaldi run for me. I don't like any of the episodes per se, but yeah. I love him as the doctor.
0: Yeah, well, and he's got like the Strax stuff. You like, like, and the and that whole—I forget—Madame Vastra and Strax, and
1: that's um, what, you know Matt Smith has all that, yeah.
0: No, but so does Peter Capaldi a couple times. The first episode with Peter Capaldi, right? The second, so, yeah, it so.
1: starts with it, and then the the yeah, oh, yeah, the, his 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 origin story does, yeah,
0: yeah, and then he's got Nate uh, Matt. The big, the bald Matt, guy. Matt Lucas, yeah. Matt Lucas.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's some brilliant stuff in it, but the but the episodes yeah. are just not as rewatchable. Yeah. About, especially the, the Clara ones. The, the Matt Lucas season, like the Bill season, that was actually, I think, at his best. Though, because yeah. my favorite all-time episode of Doctor Who is the Husbands of River Song, Peter Capaldi and, yeah. and Alex Kingston together. But you kind of have to watch everything else. Like, it's the one I can't recommend to someone who hasn't watched Doctor Who, because even yeah. though it's my favorite, you have to know all the previous stuff for it to make sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that show is not very consistent <laughs> no. in
1: any way. That's great. That's great. There are YouTube videos of when it's on point with consistency, and they show elements where it is. And then those videos, when it's completely off point.
0: <laughs> yeah. So do you have anything else you want to say about consistency?
1: Um, uh, No, except that we should be consistent and record this outro that we're about to do now so we don't do it differently every time. I, I like doing. You it. like to be consistent by doing it live every time and getting it different every time. Fuck it, we'll do
0: it live. We'll do it live. All right. So, if you are watching us on the YouTube, please hit the like, subscribe, share it if you want. Uh keep rotating through your different glasses if you want, like Matthew is doing um and uh ring the bell for notifications. That helps us so that we can, you know, grow our you know viewership which will eventually turn into three people? better yeah, we have 12 subscribers right now. I'm, like, I'm looking forward to like when we're at like episode 500 and we're and somebody watches goes back to watch and is like they had 12 subscribers they were a year and a half in <laughs> we have 12 subscribers on youtube um if you are listening on any of the various podcast apps give us a like You know, follow us. Whatever your app allows, give us reviews if you'd like. That would be great, or a rating if you if you can. Um, We appreciate it all. As Matthew likes to say, even if you don't use Apple Podcasts, you can still go on to Apple Podcasts and give us a like and a
1: a five star review.
0: Five star review. Also on Apple, you can subscribe for three dollars a month, and you will get um, uncensored versions of this podcast. If you want to support us, uh, but don't use Apple, you can also go on patreoncom backslash talking about the big stuff and you can get either a $10 feed, which is, uh, we've been sprinkling in some special stuff for the $10 feed. And then there's a $3 feed, but yeah, it's, it's not that, not that bad to, you know, $3 or 10. If you'd if you'd like to help us for $10, we like those people more. Um, the other thing is, is that if you don't use the Patreon app, you can still put the RSS feed into your other podcast.
1: That's what I do with my my Patreons.
0: Yeah, so so you can do that and you can support the show. Um, we really appreciate all your support, um, but even you know just listening is supporting us, and um, in doing that, you are helping us to to make the show a little bit better for you.
1: Just try to listen consistently. Yeah,
0: every Friday, download the episode if you're Unless not you're planning on listening. It's
1: every Monday, yeah, that's one of both. the perks of you being can, a patron. You can still
0: download the Friday version and hear the differences. and be like, oh, I really am glad they cut that. Or... I got
1: three of them this week. Yeah, I got the three dollar patron, the ten dollar patron, and then the regular.
0: Oh, did you upgrade? Upgrade to ten? I didn't get a notification on that.
1: I don't know. I got the I got the feed. I did you send it to everyone?
0: Unless I I might have accidentally not put that in as a
1: $10. I got it.
0: I thought you upgraded. Anyway. I don't know know what I do. I'll have to fix that. (laughs) But, yeah, so that's it. So, Matthew.
1: Hey, I just want to thank you all for coming by and listening to us talking about the big stuff. And I hope it was a religious experience for you. No, that's the last episode. I was being consistent.
0: (laughs) Good. I like it. I like it. All right. We will, we'll talk to you all next week. The preceding podcast has been a Chocolate Diamond Media
1: LLC production. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved.